Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're still months away from the NFL draft, uh, but a lot of the conversation in this town over the next few months will be focused on what will Washington do at number two. They've got a need for a quarterback, and two of the three projected to go in the top three or four will be there. Uh, Cole Kublik has seen them all, and one in particular up close several times because he called several of his games over the last two years, and that would be LSU's Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. Cole joins us right now courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. You can follow Cole on Twitter at ColeCube, C-U-B-E-L-I-C. All the analysts work for the ESPN College uh, Games for the SEC Network. He hosts a radio show with Greg McElroy in Alabama on WJOX 945 Radio, and he joins us right now. So before we get to the reason that I reached out to you, which is to talk about Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, and Drake May, Uh, Jim Harbaugh off to the Chargers after leading Michigan to a national championship game. Would you you agree with the statement that this may be the best and most important day in Justin Herbert's young career? I think it's got to be up there. And, I mean, he's he's obviously a quarterback-friendly guy. You look at what he did this year with J.J. McCarthy from last year, helping him take a pretty big step other quarterbacks that he's been around both in college and in the NFL. Um, I would be excited about it if I were him. And uh, you're getting a guy in that obviously knows how to win everywhere that he's gone. I mean, three college programs, single season win record. Jim Harbaugh's got that. Been to a Super Bowl in the NFL. Uh, he's got that. So I, I don't I don't know how you wouldn't be excited about the future of that franchise. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, and we haven't talked about it yet on the show this morning, and maybe you guys did on your show this morning. It's it's a market right now that just doesn't care at all about the Chargers. They barely care about the Rams. And Harbaugh's been in places which have been so passionate, you know, at, you know in Ann Arbor and in San Francisco 
uh, before that. I wonder how, you know, an old school football guy is going to deal with. Now, maybe he alone generates the excitement for the Chargers, but it's going to be interesting to see how that market comes along with that football team and that coach. I, I would agree, but I think he, you know, he obviously has an understanding of the franchise, not the current location right. because it was different then. Yeah. But I think he has a feel for that, and I think he also has. We talk about him as being what weird, quirky, different, whatever that is. But at the same time, he has found other ways to motivate and get guys on the same page and rally the troops, so to speak, than maybe any other coach that we've seen. Uh, I don't know another college team that has dealt with more distractions than this Michigan team did and had the success that they did maybe ever. It was remarkable to think about the games that he missed. He's throwing in his dad, his, his cousins, and anybody who else will, will come in there and just sign up to be you know, a coach for one week and, and get in there and try to help the team out. Uh, then obviously the sign-stealing stuff that they're dealing with, but he, had a, he found a way to keep them focused and keep, them, keep their eyes pointed in the right direction. So I, I don't think that there's really any part of him that needs extra fanfare or needs extra support. I think he can generate that on his own. I think he can motivate on his own, and he's proven that he can do it at both levels. Do you think it's that, you know, sort of the motivational ability versus more so than, say, the X's and O's that has made him a winner everywhere he's gone? We There are certain guys you talk about, it's like they win everywhere they go. It doesn't matter where they go, they win. I, I talk a lot about Kelvin Sampson in college basketball. It doesn't matter where he's been. He wins, he wins immediately, and he wins big. Um, what is it for Harbaugh, from your standpoint, that creates not only winning, but almost instantaneously winning? Well, I think there are, there are so many stubborn coaches in today's football at every level, high school, college, NFL. And I think there's one thing with Jim is that he's going to take the strength that he has and he's going to go out there and he's going to try to win football games that way. And if that means running the ball 38 consecutive times, then that's what they're going to do. If he needs to put it in the air more, they will. If they need to lean on their defense more, they will. More aggressive, less aggressive, either side of the ball. He's not one of these square peg round hole coaches that says, this is what we run, and by God, we're going to keep running it. He's shown the ability to adjust both schematically, both from a talent perspective, doing more with less, having elite talent, having more talent. And I think that's kind of where his benefit is, is that he just has that understanding of, this is what the game plan needs to be this week, or this is how we need to design our offense this year. And he sticks with the plan. And he's not afraid to come up with different plans year to year, week to week, that involve different players, different people, and different schemes. And and when you do that, I think you give yourself a much better chance to succeed because you're not overly reliant on talent. You don't become as overly reliant on individual positions. You coach around your strengths, and it's something he's not afraid to do. And then I do think, like you said earlier, Kevin, you throw in just the ability to motivate, the ability to rally the troops, get guys on the same page. Whatever he is, weird, quirky, however you want to describe him, he has got an innate ability to do that. I mean, he gets guys to want to play for him. And I don't think you can really have an understanding of it from even just being around him because I've been around him a few times the last couple years. I think you kind of have to play for him to really know how that operates and how that works. Yeah, you know, you in, in discussing kind of looking at a team and then 
coaching around what you have. We we had one of the greatest NFL coaches in the history of the league in this town in Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. He won every year in different ways. Like he was the ultimate what do I have and I'm going to coach to what I have. It's not going to be my way and you guys have to adapt. It's I'm going to adapt to you and I think about Harbaugh in that 2012 season in San Francisco, when Alex Smith got hurt and Colin Kaepernick came in, and RG3 in Washington, Russell Wilson in Seattle, they were starting to run. Now, for Washington, it was right from the beginning of the year with Kyle Shanahan adopting Chris Alt's, you know, um, uh, uh, zone read offense out of the pistol formation. The NFL had never seen that. And all of a sudden, they're running that with Kaepernick and Alex Smith's ready to come back. And he says, nope. And Kaepernick, remember that playoff game Denton he had against the 49ers? I think he rushed for like 190 through for 270. It was one of the all-time great individual performances. But that really, I think, spoke to he is so much more open-minded and adaptable than his overall personality would suggest. Okay, but let's go back to where Jim is going to build it and where Joe Gibbs built it. And you can talk about Charles Manley, Dexter Mann, uh, you can talk or Charles Mann, Dexter Manley. You can talk about the hogs and Joe Jacoby and those guys. I mean, he built it from the inside out. I think there's going to be an emphasis with Jim to build it from the inside out. And he's already got his quarterback. He knows who that is. So he'll place the emphasis up front because he knows with whatever he's got and how he's going to tinker with that around that. That's where you're going to win football games. And you can do it in different ways there, but the emphasis will not leave what he is as a coach. And I think that'll bring extra value to how he wants to do it and what he wants to do in that division. Great point. We're talking to Cole Kubelik. Uh, Cole, of course, uh, an ESPN college football analyst, also hosts a radio show in Alabama with Greg McElroy. All right. Um, There's going to be a lot of debate, a lot of disagreement, uh, but it's a new day in Washington. Dan Snyder is no longer here. We've got a new owner. We have a new general manager, Adam Peters, uh, a new head coach, maybe as early as next week. A guy like Ben Johnson from Detroit seems to be um, the likely answer there. And they've got the number two pick in the upcoming NFL draft. So if Caleb Williams goes number one to Chicago overall – and it's your decision, who's the second pick for Washington? Am I allowed to utilize the trade-down option? Is that that possible? Is that feasible? Uh, I want to hear how you'd handle it. Uh, I think there's some decent quarterback depth in this draft that you could trade down and potentially land a guy in. Now, you're not going to get Drake May. Uh, I'm not sold on Jaden Daniels going third or fourth. Um, I think it's feasible. Two might be a bit of a stretch. So much of this is going to be scheme, fit, system that's brought in and and what that head coach and offensive coordinator want to try to do specifically with that position. But I'm I'm just always in when there are multiple massive positions of need by trading down and seeing what you can do with extra picks later in the first, early in the second. And I think there's a possibility that if you can pull that off, you might be able to grab a guy – that can help you right away a little bit later in that round. Um, I don't know if anybody looks at Bo Nix right now as a guy that's going to come in and start at quarterback. I I don't really, but he's somebody that's going to be there towards the bottom of the first. And I think there are a few other quarterbacks that if you went into the early second, middle of the second, you might be able to land also. If If you're sold on taking the quarterback, for me, and I've seen him in person more, so it's probably not really fair, 
I love Jaden Daniels. And part of the reasons that I love him is I've heard Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly talk about the progressions that he's made as an individual in that facility, how they had to change the fingerprint scanner so he could go in there early in the mornings before the coaching staff got there to watch film in the off season and how he knew what, excuse me, what he had to work on with his game individually going into this past season. And he went and did a lot of that on his own. I actually think there's still a lot of growth potential in Jaden Daniels game. Drake may, I think your floor is a little bit higher. I don't think you're going to go wrong with him, but I do think you potentially have a higher ceiling with Jaden Daniels. And I also think that a lot of that's going to depend on schematically what you want to try to install your offense to be. You called a lot of his games because I watched a lot of these games and you were on the call for several of them, uh, several of them uh, going back to last year. So let's focus on him, Daniels, for a moment. And then I want to go back to, to May. First of all, do you believe Caleb Williams goes number one? And do you believe Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this draft? I do. I, I think he's the most talented. I think he has the highest ceiling. Uh, I do think there are question marks with it, but I actually think the question marks that come with Caleb – a lot of the other quarterbacks in this draft don't automatically check that box with the things that he's lacking. So I think you're probably willing to sacrifice a little bit of that, whether it be in an alpha dog, whether it be in the leader, with the leadership skills that you want as that guy for your franchise. I don't know if a lot of these quarterbacks epitomize that the way that some of the quarterbacks in previous drafts do or will. Um, But I think Caleb just has a little something extra than anybody else in this draft does. So I, I think he will be first. I don't think he's in this draft. I mean, we've already seen some of the ability to sort of strong arm Chicago and certain teams of, you know, is, is he going to be the guy and he's, his camp's not going to let him go into the draft if he's not going to be the first player taken. So I, I think strategically they probably have a pretty good idea how that thing's going to play out and he's not going to be there if he wasn't. All right, let's talk about Jaden Daniels at number two because you said if you chose not to trade back, that's who you would take, and you would take him over Drake May because while May's floor may be higher, Daniels's ceiling is higher. What concerns you about Daniels at the next level? Honestly, the number one thing would be durability, and I know he hasn't really been beat up a lot, but he made extremely poor decisions when he was carrying the football and put himself in harm's way on a very regular basis. Now, the majority of that was the first half of the season, It did get a little bit better as the season went on, but you cannot be that type of a ball carrier in that league and expect to last a long time. And he's, I don't, I don't really think he's built for it either. It's one thing when Josh Allen's running a couple quarterback counters last week, because this is it. And you're willing to put it on the line. He could take a few of those hits. Uh, Lamar Jackson is slippery enough to be that kind of a runner and put himself in harm's way because he's either going to be able to be elusive enough or fast enough to be able to avoid those kind of hits. I mean, Jaden Daniels would be standing straight up running into a linebacker. Like a lot of the things where he could have just stepped out of bounds and he's trying to pick up an extra yard or two and he takes a big hit. Those kind of things cannot take place. And then just to uh, some of the protection breakdowns that you saw every now and then that I felt like could have been handled. You don't know exactly how much was on him, but being a guy that showed this much progression late, you just kind of wondered what some of the issues were earlier, why some of those struggles were there prior. But other than that, I wouldn't have a lot of a lot of concerns about what he's going to be or what he could potentially turn into at the next level. Did you see in the Brian Kelly system for him maybe one read and then the second read is create or maybe one read, two reads, and then go make something happen? 
Um, does he have more development in terms of being in a pocket and progressing through multiple reads, seeing the field, throwing with anticipation, or do you think he's okay on that front? With the anticipation, no. I, I think he. I think he, that's one of his strong suits when he knows where he's going. Now, getting all the way through it, potentially, do I think there was a lot of quick game that helped him? Yes. Were there a lot of RPOs and what he did? Yes. That made the decision-making and the processing a little bit easier. But also, when you go back and study some of his bigger runs, the amount of po- amount of time that he was in the pocket before he decided to leave, right. I think would, would negate a little bit of that concern. And then, two, I think anytime you're going to talk about a guy that has that kind of mobility and you're going to be concerned with maybe getting through progressions, it's the decisiveness to leave the pocket. And that's one of his strong suits, I believe. The ability to just tuck the ball and go. He doesn't overthink it. He's not high risk in the pocket with trying to make something happen. He does actually keep his eyes downfield and continue to look to throw the football. But when he knows it's time to go, the ball's going to be tucked and he's going to leave. And then he can turn into an elite runner at that point. What do we know? You talked about they had to change the you know the security uh, input so he could get into the building earlier. These are the things that we as fans, we don't know. The, the, the important stuff, the intangible stuff, the kind of person he is, the kind of leader he is, the kind of work ethic he has. So what do we know? What do you know about Jaden Daniels from that standpoint? I, I think he's much more mature than people give him credit for. I've had a chance to sit down with him a couple of times this year. I think football means a lot to him. And I know that sounds like a very simple statement, but when I hear certain coaches tell me that, it means a lot to me. There are certain guys on certain staffs, be it Alabama, LSU, Georgia, when you hear them say that, you know it's something a little bit different. And it's the thing, there's only certain guys that they're actually going to go out on a limb and say that about. Not only did he come in and work on things himself, uh, I talked to Malik Neighbors about it. I talked to Brian Thomas about it, how he would drag them out to the field and want to throw more and want to work on things with them individually and collectively. LSU has a walkthrough room. It's like a, It's almost like a theater and there's a giant wall that's like 30 yards wide and 20 yards high, and you can put video footage up of opposing defenses, and you get an idea of how to read things, and you get to see things. He told us he spent an an enormous amount of time in that walkthrough room this offseason just by himself, just looking at defenses, looking at coverages, trying to get through things, trying to have a better understanding of things. The fact that he put a lot of that onus on himself this offseason also shows me a lot about where he is as a person. And keep in mind, he's an older kid. He's been around. And, right. you know, he, he has begun to, in the last probably year and a half, handle himself like a professional. And I think that would be one other added advantage that you're going to get right out of the gate. I've watched, you know, over the year, last couple of years, and even more so over the last couple of weeks, some inter- interviews with him, including some with you. He is very soft-spoken. He is, but then when you get him in front of you, he opens up pretty easy. Okay. Um, I do think there's like a little bit of shyness there initially. Yeah. But he's a fun kid. He's an energetic kid. He's got a great personality. His teammates love him. Um, I, I think that that's probably just initially what you see on the surface. But I don't think it takes long to get a, a pretty cool personality out from Jaden Daniels. So uh, arm strength-wise, I, I mean, I I personally thought he th- threw as good a deep ball as Penix Jr. did this year. I mean, you don't have any question about his ability to make every NFL throw, right? No, he can make every throw, and I feel like some of the touch, some of the some of the velocity and control on velocity on the intermediate stuff got a little bit better this year. Now, some of that, I think, was what Mike Denbrock added in 
specifically with Malik Neighbors, to be able to distribute the football to him a little bit more quickly, make sure he got his touches, especially when you think about you know what they had to deal with from a headache perspective with a different receiver last year not being satisfied with the touches that he got. But I, I don't think arm strength, whether it's pushing the ball down the field, the accuracy on the ball down the field, uh, that was one of the strengths of his games that I thought. And I, I would have no concern with him being able to make any of the throws. What do you say to somebody who says, yeah, you know, I'm just not into just the, the dual threat college guy coming in and being my quarterback in the NFL? Why? I would ask. Because even if you don't have things that you are going to design for them, the option will be there to have that, to carry that, whether it's red zone, short yardage, and that's going to force defenses to play you a different way. And also keep in mind, I mean, the majority of Daniels' big runs were not by design. They were just him leaving the pocket. If anything, exactly. from an NFL perspective, he's the type of dual-threat quarterback that I think you would want most is somebody who can provide explosive runs leaving the pocket. It doesn't necessarily have to be by design. You go to the opposite end of that spectrum with, say, a Jalen Hurts, who's somebody who, okay, if you had that concern coming out, like, yeah, they ran quarterback counter 10, 12 times a game. You know, they ran quarterback sweep two, three times a game, quarterback inside zone a couple times a game. Like, that would be the one that you looked at and say, all right, well, they were designing these things for him. Can he just turn into somebody who lives in the pocket? Daniels has lived in the pocket, and then they'll sprinkle in a quarterback run by design every now and then. They'll give you a draw here and there. But the majority of his big runs came when he needed to leave the pocket. And as I stated earlier, was very good with when he decided to do that and then could break a defense down in a different way. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think the perception of him is different than that. And I was actually thinking, you know, in watching Ben Johnson's offense in Detroit, what they're running with Jared Goff, which is, you know, they're excellent at running the football. They're excellent at running the football on the perimeter. And then everything that comes off of that boot, you know, quarterback keeper, uh, bootleg, play action. I actually envision Jaden Daniels being exceptional in that kind of an offense and then having that added ability to create off schedule when, you know, one, two, three isn't there. I would agree. And I think that could be a strength of his. And even like, like we said earlier with Buffalo, you look at certain instances of either portions of the season or individual games when you may need to draw those things up, you may need to add those in any particular week or any point in the season just to try to advance or give yourself any type of advantage, and you're going to be able to do that. Uh, I mean, there are certain other guys that you wouldn't even look at as a dual threat, like a Justin Herbert, who when you need him to break a defense down, carry the ball and run, he's, he's able to go pick up yards at certain points in time. Now, are you going to ask him to do it 15 times a game? No, you're not. But you know you're going to get in situations where if that can be a benefit, you're going to utilize it. And I think obviously Daniels fits that mold. All right. Um, let's talk Drake May uh, because that looks like it would be the other option for Washington at number two. Uh, what do you love about Drake May and what would concern you about Drake May? There are not a ton of concerns, honestly. Uh, and I think he actually does give you better mobility than people would think. Yes. He's not as explosive as a Daniels and, and probably not going to be able to give you the breakaway speed like that. But there's there's no concern with arm strength. There's no concern with different throws that you can be able to make. Um, I, I think from a toughness standpoint, I, I would have no issues with it. I just think it's just across the board, what are you most capable of? And athletically, that ceiling is going to be a little bit higher than Daniels. I think Drake May can come in and be an NFL starter. 
you know, you mentioned that I do a show with Greg McElroy every day. He told me two years ago, he's like, watch this kid. He's going to have a chance to be the number one pick. So it's been there for a while. Uh, I don't think a lot of the things where that team has struggled have necessarily been on him. Offensive line hadn't played great for a while. He has had really good weapons at times. He's had pretty good weapons at times, and he's shown the ability to be able to adjust his game. He's played in multiple schemes. He's played with different offensive coordinators. So the adaptation there is something that he's not had an issue with or had a problem with. So, I mean, he's he's probably about as safe as a quarterback pick as you're going to get in this draft. And I include that with Caleb Williams, by the way. Uh, now, again, does he have the ceiling athletically? Is he as gifted as Caleb Williams? Absolutely not. But if you're just talking about the guy who probably gives you the least risk of being a bust or being a failure at the position in this draft, Drake May's probably that guy. Do you think there's any truth to this? Because you you cover the sport, you watch a lot of college football, and I love it too. I think Jaden Daniels played some of his best games in the biggest games. I thought the first half against Alabama this year in Tuscaloosa was as good as as he played. The game at Florida's off the 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 chain. The game against Bama in in Death Valley the year before um that they won. Um and I felt like Drake May in some of the bigger games didn't deliver. True or not? I think you could make a case for it, but again, I would go back to part of that not necessarily being on the individual. And, I mean, listen, styles make fights, right? So there are going to be certain instances you get into a game where a quarterback's offensive line can't hold up or they're able to play you in a different way, whether it's being able to drop more into coverage or being able to offer different things from a pressure perspective. Like, look at Michael Penix in the national championship game. Did he play great? No. Was it all on him? Absolutely not. He didn't have time to operate. Uh, his offensive line didn't hold up very well. Um, you know, Jesse Minner had a hell of a plan to be able to apply yeah. some pressure. Uh, but I do agree with you on Daniels, and it's it's maybe not only in the biggest games as far as where those teams were ranked or what those teams were, but it almost felt like when his team needed him the most, Missouri, that's when he really began to shine. Because Florida wasn't a great team when they played him, but LSU's defense couldn't get any stops. Right. And, and you knew he was going to have to take over, and they actually were pretty good against the run that day. Um, you could also look at you know, a couple of games where that Missouri like game, game when he was hurt this year. Absolutely. Look at, look at the old Miss game. I mean, that yeah. thing turned into a literal Shootout. track meet that was going to be yeah. back and forth. And he was going to have to be the guy that directed that. And he did his part. You know, his defense just couldn't get a stop. And his DBs kept running into each other when they were in coverage. So I would almost put it as to more of when his team needed him the most, he absolutely stepped up and made those plays when he had to. Yeah, I mean, even in that final game against A and M, I mean, they were they were down in that game, um, and he came back. Um, they were down against Florida, that that horrific defensive team. God, man, Florida and LSU's defenses were just horrendous this year. Uh, if LSU's defense, and I said it all year, Cole, if they were just bad instead of you know all time bad, they may have been playing in the Final Four. They were that good on offense specifically LSU, and I, yeah. I think the tough part to, to even that, that pill to try to swallow is, I mean, you had Harold Perkins going into the season right. and who we thought was going to be the best defensive player in the league. Like, it wasn't even really a debate at SEC media days of who was going to dominate this league on that side of the ball. Then you had Makai Wingo, a transfer from Missouri that was fantastic the year before. You had Greg Penn back at linebacker. You had at least gone and gotten some DBs out of the portal that you thought were going to be able to help. 
And you just felt like, all right, Mason Smith's back healthy up front. Yeah, he was suspended first game of the season, whatever, but that's not going to matter. Even if they drop the Florida State game, they can still be okay. So you got Wingo, you got Mason Smith, you got Harold Perkins, you got experience at linebacker, you went and got Omar Spades from Oregon State who was successful there. Like, they got guys. So, hell, line up and run base defense and you should be okay. And they couldn't even do that. Well, I guess like without running into each other or busting coverages and turning guys loose or not being able to get to the quarterback, it was it was egregious in a lot of ways. And obviously, why Brian Kelly made the move that he had, even though I don't really think he had a choice. Yeah, I, I think even more so than the Florida State opener that the night that they barely beat Arkansas and and, and KJ Jefferson and that that offense just moved it up and down the field on them. I'm like. Because I really wanted to see Daniels in a high-profile playoff game this year, and I'm like, it's just not going to happen. They're terrible on defense. By the way, real quick question. Is K.J. Jefferson a pro quarterback? Uh, I think he can be a guy on a roster. Yeah. I, I don't think he's an That's NFL what I'm starter. Yeah, I don't think he's an NFL starter, though, no. Okay. Um, uh, and and I, what, what's unfortunate, and listen, I, I love Gus Malzahn, I think he's doing a great job at UCF. I, I don't know if that move is actually going to help that very much. Right. And we all thought last year that you bring in this quarterback whisperer, more of a pro-style offense, and he'll be asked to do some different things, and that will more ready him to be an NFL quarterback. It didn't really work that way. And then now I think you're going back to more of a system that maybe is a little bit further away than what he's going to be asked to do in the NFL. So interesting. he'll be an interesting watch. He's got a ton of talent, big, tough kid, good kid, smart, but – I just don't know if that skill set's going to allow him to be an NFL starter. Uh, I could do this with you forever. Uh, I've gone over my uh, a lot of time, and I appreciate so much the time you gave us today. Uh, hope you're well. Appreciate it. Maybe we'll talk before the draft. Oh, I know we will, and I appreciate you having me. Look forward to catching up again soon. Yep, Cole Kublik, everybody, uh, at Cole Kublik on Twitter. Eric Eager next, right after these words for – from a few of our sponsors, you're listening to The Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Eric Eager works for Sumer Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. Eric was with PFF for a long time. We've had him on the show many times. In fact, Eric, as I was uh, teasing your appearance earlier on the show, the last time you were on with me, you said, which I didn't necessarily disagree with, but many did, you said, look, Sam Howell's a high-end backup quarterback uh, in the NFL. And at the time, he was actually playing well. Um, I think the rest of the season uh, certainly helped uh, your position out uh, more than those that disagreed with you. Eric is with us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Uh, Bet smarter, beat the books, download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. So I, I wanted to a- ask you, you know, Sumer Sports, you you did with Thomas Dimitrov, longtime NFL general manager, um, and, uh, you know, I hope and wish you the, the, the best and hopefully it's going well. I'm curious as to what your reaction was to the Adam Peters hiring here as the GM. Yeah, it was to me, you know, you know, back in my time with PFF, we worked a lot with the 49ers and, you know, we, you know, we have some, 
you know, uh, the the found, one of the co-founders of, of Sumer Sports, uh, Jack Jones. He was an intern with the Niners. So, you know, there's some familiarity with the 49ers, uh, you know, front office, Quasi Adapo Mensa, of course, you know, the Vikings GM. Yep. He spent some time there. So this has been a front office, uh, Kevin, that has, done a really good job of placing people, right? Rand Carthon's now the GM of the Titans. Uh, you know, you have uh, D'Amico Ryans, who very well may be uh, the coach of the year. He, uh, you know, was there prior to going to Houston. Um, you know, it's a very, if you're going to pluck somebody from a, an organization, the 49ers are the place to go. And what I really like about that system, you know, what I really like about what they've done is, They've been competitive, despite the fact that they haven't been all that lucky, if that makes sense. You can look at Brock Purdy and say, oh, you know, that's a lucky pick. But they traded up for Trey Lance. They took a big swing after, you know, failing in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, you know, three, four years ago. And that didn't work. And yet, because they get seven comp picks last year, because... You know, they draft high at premium positions like defensive end, like, you know, they, they go after Trent Williams when, you know, his market is at the very lowest. Their roster is pretty resilient. It's pretty well-stocked. It's oh, They're always seeming to buy players at the right time. And so, you know, it's not a – it doesn't necessarily mean that he's the architect or that he's the one that's pushing all those buttons. But when I look at that front office with the 49ers – they seem to do an awful lot of really good things. And when I look at guys that have, that have left, you know, Quasi Adolfo Mens has done some really good things in Minnesota. You know, Rand Carthon, I think, uh, has started some, you know, I think the Will Levis pick, for example, is a pretty good pick by the Titans. Um, I, I think that, that that bodes well for Adam Peters and his future in Washington. Uh, by the way, Trent Williams may have been at his lowest value, but they were also negotiating with, let's just call it, a limited intelligence partner uh, in yeah. Washington um, who had pretty much uh, been duped and fleeced in almost every deal that they had done for 20 years. You know, in looking at the the Viking situation, and I, I know that you follow this closely because this is where you're based, I think, still, he's not drafted well. Well, Quasi's first draft certainly didn't go well, right? Because he took over, and that first draft they traded back from 12 and got Lewis seen at 32. He does not start. Uh, he actually doesn't, isn't even active. Doesn't even and play, fact, right? No, that first draft is not great. But you look at the second draft, uh, Addison was a 900-yard receiver yep. the first round of this year. <laughs> Ivan Pace Jr. is an all-rookie team. He was an undrafted player True. this past year out of Cincinnati. Uh, Mackay Blackman's a nickel guy um, that, that, that does well. And, you know, they traded for TJ Hawkinson, who's a two-time all-pro tight end for them. Uh, you know, so he's done a pretty good job in that regard. Um, but, yeah, and, and, again, it speaks to that point. Like, the in the NFL – like, the, and, and my boss is this way too. Thomas had the Julio Jones trade. He had the Matt Ryan draft pick. He also had some stinkers, right? And, you know, the draft is about kind of smoothing it out and, and taking the good with the bad. And, the, you know, the reason, for example, you know, it didn't work out for Atlanta, you know, Atlanta at the end is that, you know, the errors kind of happened in streaks, right? And I think what, what Minnesota has shown with, with Quasey and, and, and what the Niners have shown with Peters and Lynch and, and those guys is, you know, the ups and downs kind of happen, but 
you know, the, the bets that they've made have kind of hedged each other off, if that makes sense, right? You have Garoppolo to hedge against Lance, Purdy to hedge against Garoppolo to hedge against Lance. And again, like I think about even this right now, right? You're going to have Sam Howell to hedge against, in all likelihood, Drake May, right? And that, to me, is a, is a pretty nice place to be in, right? And, and I think that that's, uh, I think, a cornerstone part of why the Niners are always kind of in the mix on weekends like this. Yeah, I think that the Niners conversation, and I don't want to get bogged down in this because I really want to get into Washington with you more than anything else, but um, we've talked about this a little bit this week. It's like, look, the, the I, I love Kyle. I, I love I love Mike. I still talk to Mike every once in a while, you know, based on his time here, and he was and still is a great guy. I, I just wonder if they were to get bounced on Sunday night, you know, it, it comes down to – they just haven't evaluated the quarterback and made good decisions as it relates to quarterback because they've certainly had the best roster. Yeah, I, I've said this on every show that I've been on this week. Their their team, when you look at point spreads and bats and stuff, no team in the NFL is more de- – no, no point spread moves more quickly with injuries to non-quarterbacks than the Niners do, Right. Debo, well, I think Kelsey was the biggest mover, but are you saying Debo's the second biggest mover or well, Trent? Kelsey was Kelsey was a big one for the Chiefs for sure, but like when you look at, you know, no team falls off the face of the earth more quickly with non-quarterback injuries like the Niners do, right? You their yeah. mid-season swing yeah. with Trent Williams, Debo, George Kittle, right? Whenever he and and it's because there's sort of this arrogance and I and I do think I would caution the next Washington coach, whether that be Ben Johnson or whomever to, I would caution them when you take, like it is about the quarterback in the NFL. And that is the biggest mistake that Kyle Shanahan has made in his career. And the, and you know, and I caution to say that they did go up and try to get Trey Lance. They did try to change that. And because of the record we saw in green Bay, they are one in 30, you know, or whatever when trailing he, they do know that they're, they they're overcoming something that is a flaw in their team design, which is that they're built around their skill position players who by the very nature of the sport get injured more often. And they leave that non elite quarterback quarterback out to dry more than they should. And that's why they never reach the pinnacle that they should because the other teams are just more impervious to injuries like Kansas city, like, you know, Baltimore, like even, even Buffalo, which I know has some of the same problems, but like, I, I do think that that's a, a, a lesson to be learned for Washington as they, you know, transition here into their new regime, which is to say it is all about the quarterback. It's great to build a great roster around, you know, like I said, either Drake May or whomever ends up being that pick. It is great to build a great roster around it, but make no mistake. It's all about the quarterback in the NFL because as good as George Kittle is, as good as Derwin James is, as good as all these unicorn players, Kyle Hamilton in the NFL, they get injured, and all of a sudden your scheme is nowhere near as good as we thought it is. And that's why this is like the funniest thing ever, Kevin. From 2011 to – or actually 2015 to now, the Niners have either lost 10 or more games or they've made the conference championship in every single year. Right. right? That that shows how – you know, thresholdy, right. To, to kind of Malcolm Gladwell, this, it, that, that roster construction is. 
Yeah, I, no, no doubt. And it'll just be, you know, as you were mentioning, you know, the, the durability and the absence of some of those players. And we know that stretch where they were killing everybody, then they lost three in a row. Um, and then obviously they were in trouble without Debo on Saturday night. Um, these players are, I mean, Trent Williams is 35 or 36 years old. Uh, these guys have had, I mean, McCaffrey's been injured before, Kittle's been injured before, Debo now a lot. I'm not going to suggest that this great roster, you know, is you know is getting too long in the tooth and the window's closing. But I think this is a big couple of weeks here for the 49ers organization. They got to oh, deliver yeah, one I, somehow. Oh yeah, I'm doing prep for Super Bowl Radio Row, and 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 you know, obviously, I think the two favorites, you know, is are the Ravens and Niners, and I think that that game, right? If it if it goes the other way, right? If it's Lions Chiefs, you're kind of like, oh, this is fun because. You know, both teams are kind of, you know, on their ascension in a different way. Chiefs are a young team. They've already won a couple. The Lions are a young team. They'll be here for a while. When you look at the roster construction for these two teams, you know, the Ravens, but especially the Niners, when you look at this, you know, cap space, the Niners have to make some really tough decisions. Yeah. You know, they're, they're over the cap by $3 million. And after you add in, you know, having to fill out the rest of the roster, it's more like $12 million. And then when you look at offensive line after Trent Williams, they're not actually elite. Uh, and you look at the defensive secondary after, you know, Traverius Ward and Talahona Nufango, who's out for the year, they're not particularly good there. They lost, you know, Emmanuel Mosley and they lost, uh, you know, Akello Witherspoon and, and Jimmy Ward to the Houston Texans. Like this is not going to be, you know, this, like you said, like, you know, trading all those picks for Lance, trading all those picks for McCaffrey and only getting compensatory picks back. Like eventually that high end talent is going to dissipate. So even though I sung their praises at the beginning, like it does come at a cost when you, when you leverage and, and, and go all in for the Super Bowl, the, the, the bill does become due at some point. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Washington specifically. You've already weighed in on the Adam Peters hire. Uh, do, do you expect Washington to hire Ben Johnson? And, and is that the right direction for them to go in? I I do. Um, and I, I do. I, I think, you know, Johnson, you know, just a process oriented guy. You know, I have a few you know, friends in the building in Detroit. And from what I can tell, just a very conscientious, like just as a person, right. And, and this has been an organization, as you know, that has been marred in, in personal dysfunction, right. At, at times, you know, where yep. people are, you know, no treat people well. And this is a guy who's, his parents are math teachers, right. And he, you know, from a process oriented standpoint, it's just, you know, conscientious and process oriented and, and aggressive and uses his players to the fullest of their extent. And, you know, when you look at like David Montgomery, you know, at the end there for the bears, like he looked pretty washed up and, and he looked like his career was over comes here to Detroit and he looks like a great running back again. You know, uh, Josh Reynolds didn't look like much of a player. There wasn't really much of a market for him in free agency, Tennessee and, and, and he comes to Detroit and he's picking up, huge yards in playoff games for them. Uh, You go through the line there. Jared Goff, of course, was a cast off that that Sean McVay, one of the best coaches in the NFL, couldn't wait to get rid of. And now all of a sudden he's leading a team to the conference championship game again. I think that he's going to be able to elevate the play of those around him. Now there's questions about how he's going to be able to lead as a head coach, but you know, he has a great example of Dan Campbell uh, in, in Detroit, who I think has done a great job there. 
building a staff will be, will be interesting. Um, building the roster, I think will obviously be interesting, but you know, Detroit has also laid the blueprint there. I mean, Detroit, you know, they, they've gotten here to, you know, 14 and six, but they got there through three and 13 and one. Uh, and, and that'll probably be the mode in which Washington does it as well. And, and I think that, uh, you know, he's probably the right man for that job. All right, so the next big decision after that, as we talk to Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, is what to do at number two. Let's just assume that Caleb Williams goes one to Chicago. Is that a fair assumption at this point? Do you, do you think that happens? Yeah, I think, I think the markets right now, and, and, and know that they're not that yep. liquid, but like the markets have Williams at minus 1,200. So, you know, yeah, it, it's a fair assumption to assume he's going first. And I would, I would assume, given the analytical approach that Josh Harris and Eugene Shannon and them Well, Eric was, Eric's breaking up. We can't lose him because he was about to get to what they're going to do at number two. So let's try to reestablish that connection. Eric, are you there? Yes, Kevin. Can you hear me now? I got you now. Okay. So based on the analytical approach that Adam Peters, Eugene Shannon company will take, Washington will go to who at two? To whom? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I just think that they'll stick at two and take the next best guy, and I think the next best guy is very clearly Drake May. Why is he very clearly the the next best? Well, and and you know, in my personal opinion, just from scouting them myself and kind of looking at some of the numbers, I actually don't think the gap is particularly big. I think when you look at you know the next best guy in many people's mocks is Jaden Daniels. The one thing, and you know. This is going to be harped on. Jaden Daniels' issue is he doesn't avoid sacks particularly well. He has a you know a, a sack you know pressure to sack ratio closer to thirty percent in his college career through Arizona State and LSU. Which you know when as you're building a team, it's going to be hard to develop as a quarterback if you're on the ground a lot, as we saw with Sam Howell this year. Um, May and Williams are closer to that fifteen to twenty percent, which is workable. And May is a very, you know, I, there are not as many highlight plays that are going to be on Twitter or SportsCenter, but when you watch his tape, he has every bit the movement skills that Caleb Williams has. And when you watch, you know, for example, C.J. Stroud, who is tremendous this year for Houston, I see a similar release, which is that quick kind of decision to ball leaving his hand. Not particularly, it doesn't take very long. And so, you know, he didn't have a lot of people surrounding him at, at North Carolina. So I think the numbers aren't going to be as, as gaudy at times, but I think he's going to be a pretty big prize for the Washington commanders. On the pressure to sack percentage for Jaden Daniels, uh, is it possible that the explanation is it was a one read and then create, go do something, um, maybe two reads in Brian Kelly's system? Or do you think it was what we saw with Sam Howell this year, which it was, you know, some of it was processing with Sam. Some of it may have been size, being able to see it. Um, why do you think it was high with him? I, I think it's a little bit of that, but that that's A little bit of which? The Brian, the Brian Kelly, we're going one, two, and then get after it, create a play. I believe so, but the time to throw doesn't really support that, though. Like, if you look at his time to throw uh, numbers in college, last year was 2.91, averages roughly like 2.6, 2.7, 
Um, right. You'd like to be, you know, so 2.91 last year, 2.94. And then what kind of like, you know, is interesting is 3.07 at Arizona State in his final year, um, which, you know, again, so he's kind of holding it a long time too. And, and you know, that, that's, that's worrisome at times. Now, he did drop. So his, his penultimate year, pressure to sack ratio is 31%. It did drop to 21% last year. So there was a little bit better. And he was, you know, able to escape a little bit more. So there were, was certainly improvement. And obviously that offense got a lot better. I just get a little bit worried about that. And to me, it's also age is another big deal for me, for him, right? Because when, when, you're, when we make excuses about the kind of college offenses he's in, we also have to remember that, like, those are those crucial years age-wise where, you know, you bring a younger guy in and, like, he gets to use – those years get to be used at the NFL level, you know, getting NFL reps, if that makes sense. Uh, who's Drake May's comp, NFL comp? Oh, um, that's, a, that's a good – it's all right if you don't have one that comes to mind right away. I mean, I said a little bit of Stroud, but like I think I said a little bit of Stroud. Like I would say, like a more yeah, like a a cross between Stroud and Mayfield, but like more close closer to Stroud. We take that. Um, your optimal control during this conversation was outstanding. Uh, that's an inside joke based on something that Eric tweeted out. Uh, you're great. Appreciate the time as always. Hope all is well. Best of luck with Sumer Sports. Follow Eric on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. Yep. Uh, up next. Uh, Steven Spector, who covers the Chiefs and works for a Kansas City radio station, All Sports, was on my podcast yesterday, said a lot of interesting things about the Chiefs, and then got into Eric Bieniemy a little bit. Uh, you'll hear that next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.